Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. This is G. Hey Wiley from the Arash Marakazi Show telling you find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports sporting wagering needs, including live betting which is dangerous, but my favorite, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Sports Map Radio Network. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Friday? It is Friday, so it is glorious and I'm so excited <laughs> that this week is over, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the weekend uh, first and foremost. It's going to be an incredible weekend. NBA playoffs are officially starting tomorrow. I don't know why they don't consider the playing game a part of the playoffs. I think that's kind of silly, but it's going to be four games Saturday, four games Sunday, so I can't wait. Yeah, so like I think you would say it's part of the postseason, but the playoffs would be, you know, seven game series or something along those lines. But I'm very excited about this. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this is Armand's like Christmas right now. It because, really is. Yeah, this is, you, like, like, this is the, the moment he has been yes. waiting for. All right. <laughs> With that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Well, the Dodgers beat the Cincinnati Reds 9-3 to last night at the Dodgers Stadium home opener. Wonderful blue heaven. Freddie Freeman was showered with chance of Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. And the Dodgers showed uh, showered the Reds with six runs in the bottom of the eighth to break a three-on-three three tie. Um, Arash, you were there. Uh, what do you think of the Dodgers' home opener and Freddie Freeman's first game in front of the home fans in L.A.? Listen, I think it was fantastic. Freeman said he was emotional. He's from Southern California. So to get those chants, obviously, considering what happened a year ago and really recently, you know, he, he's been the star player of the Atlanta Braves. So for him to come home, a homecoming for Freeman, to be showered with those chants of Freddie, Freddie, that was awesome. And again, it was a 3-3 game. In the bottom of the eighth, and then the Dodgers really came through with six uh, runs. Fantastic game. Uh, nearly a sold-out crowd, as always with Dodger Stadium. Traffic was a mess. Parking was a mess. Lines at the concession stands were a mess. But listen, when you finally got to your seat with your Michelada and your Dodger dog, it was a fantastic atmosphere. A sign of things to come. Uh, you know, tonight they are back. The problem with tonight is you have two exciting games happening in Los Angeles, and we'll touch on that momentarily. But you know, you got the Clippers down the road at the uh, Crypto.com, and then you have the, the Dodgers back on Jackie Robinson Day playing the Reds. But it was fantastic. Excited to be back at Blue Heaven on Earth, and excited to go back with you guys at some point. Yeah, no, I mean, I I love going up there and being with the people, but I. It's like anything. It's like, um, you know, a restaurant opening. Like, they're going to get the kinks out eventually, right? Like, so... I think traffic and concession stand, concessions 
line stands will always be a problem at Dodger Stadium. Well, parking and like every, if oh, it's that will always sold be an out. Issue. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, you know, it's a 55,000 seat baseball stadium. Like when we went to Petco, I think it was fantastic because I don't know what the capacity is there. Far less, perhaps even half. So, uh, but listen, when when you finally get to your seat and watch the game, it is fantastic. Well, yeah, and also if you're comparing Petco to no Chavez Ravine there to Blue Heaven, it's totally different, right? That's because, what I said. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying specifically because you when you get there, you're like part of the downtown area. There's nothing really in no, the but Chavez. that's exactly. So I always had wished that the stadium was a part of some kind of mixed use where you could spend the day there, you could go to the hotel, drink, walk to the like. You cannot do that. It is up there, and they've tried to make the like around the stadium somewhere where you can hang out pre and post game but quite frankly people don't want to hang out pre and post game there they want to have fun go go to the game and leave and that is why the the location of where the stadium um like is is the reason fans leave because you do not want to be stuck in that traffic on the way out it is the worst thing well yeah. I mean, it was the absolute worst thing yeah and it's like right by somebody's home right so like you oh, have yeah. you, you know you're in a residential area <laughs> I do have to ask, Darmani Buckus, have you have you gone to a game? I know you're yes, not a baseball yes, fan. Yes. Okay, so uh, been to Dodger Stadium plenty of times. I think in comparison to other stadiums in California, I think just for a vibe, I don't know why I feel this way, but Petco Park would be my favorite. It is my. Yeah, I'm not, and listen, I'm not a Padres fan. I am a Dodgers fan. I will say Petco Park from a variety of levels, just the location of the ballpark. Uh, the food options. They have a dintai fung there. They have a, a wine cellar there. So on both fronts, me and Jihei both love Petco Park. Yeah, the wine is unmatched. I'm not going to lie on that one. Well, tonight at Crypto.com Arena, the Clippers play an elimination game against the New Orleans Pelicans. If the Clippers win, guys, they advance to be the eighth seed and play the number one seeded Phoenix Suns dun, 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 <laughs> um, in the first round of the NBA playoffs. If they lose, their season is over. The Clippers are favored by four points at Circus Sports. Who do you got tonight? I got the Clippers. I'm not really confident in that pick. I do think that they will find a way to win. That you know, This game being at home, really the way the Clippers closed out the season. I mean, I'm not going to knock them for losing a very tough game against the Timberwolves, a game that they led late. They let it slip out of their hands. Uh, but with Paul George back, Nolan Powell back, Reggie Jackson, the way this, this team has played, I mean, we have to re- remember that this team won five straight, six to seven, going into that uh, play-in game against the Timberwolves. So I like them tonight. You know, really don't like them to have v- much of a competitive series against the Suns unless Kawhi comes back. And again, who knows what even Kawhi is going to look like? He's been gone for a year at this point. Uh, do like the Clippers tonight, but would not be shocked if CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram go off. You know, the thing about this playing game that that is kind of weird, and they may have to t- tweak this part. The Pelicans are coming from coming um, off of a big win. The Clippers are coming uh, coming off of a big loss. You know, that momentum is a real thing. I think that I'm completely with you in the sense that I got the Clippers, but I do not feel good. Um, If the Pelicans keep it close through three quarters, there's a reason why Paul George and Norm Powell came back. They could have shut them down for the season, and it looked like they might have at some point. But the thing is, this team believes that they're at least a playoff team. So to not make it would be a disappointment. And if you get into a close game late those thoughts of a disappointing season and the collapse 
might start to show up. I still like Paul George though tonight, and I yeah. think they're, they'll get it done. Yeah, speaking of like, you know, expectations and all that, that's the changing of the culture, changing of the guard in the Clippers organization, I personally think, because Clipper Nation hasn't been one of those organizations where they're like, you know what? We have to make the playoffs every single year. We have to be, you know, in contention for a ring every single year. And now they're changing their tone right now. So you're right. Bringing, bringing Paul George and Norman Powell back has definitely shown that. So, I mean, here's here's hoping. I'm still going to stick with my four-point cover. I'm still sticking with it and and them to win. By the way, the, f- f- the funniest thing is one of the few bets that have won against Jihei was that I had confidence <laughs> last year that they were going to get to the Western Conference Finals. Jihei... You know, listen, to her credit, being a longtime Clippers fan, says we are never going to get past the second round of the playoffs. That's not what we do. So the one big win that I got against her when I won my bottle of Camus was picking the Clippers to get back to the Western Conference Finals. They will not get that far this year, of course. I was actually going to ask you. Did you enjoy that bottle yet? It was the best bottle. (laughs) Best bottle. I'm sure it was because, I mean, any time that you can just pop that open. <laughs> right. First of all, you're drinking Camus. Second of all, you're drinking something that you won. So I'm sure it was amazing. Um, on the flip side, the Clippers have won five straight and six of seven and closed out the season with the biggest blowout win of the season, a 138-88, to 88, dismantling the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Clippers got Paul George and Norman Powell back before the end of the season and could get Kawhi back um, in the postseason. How dangerous is this Clippers team? Um... They can be dangerous, but it 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 is a um, it's one of those things that they need to get Kawhi back. And, and if they don't get Kawhi back, then um, listen, buckets. We talked about this. I am waiting at some point to get the injury report, and Kawhi is questionable, you know, and um, and he's not, so he's not playing tonight, but. What happens? What do you think happens if they get Kawhi back? I think that they're the best team in the NBA. And it's going to take a huge adjustment period. The thing that I'm most curious if he does come back is how that affects Paul George. Because it sounds like Paul George is ready uh, to take this team and be the leader of the team. And then you have Kawhi Leonard, who is arguably the best player in the world. I don't know how that would work in terms of um, who's the number one option. And I think that that kind of stuff matters in a playoff setting is who is the number one versus the number two. Paul George is in rhythm right now. And adding a guy that hasn't played in a year, it would be interesting to see for me if why would accept like a number two role just for the time being until he gets his rhythm. Yeah. And then next season takes back the number one role on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be great. <laughs> I, I, I'm not seeing it happening, but it would be great because Kawhi is always on Kawhi time, right? So if if it happens, it happens, if, and it would definitely push them forward, yeah. right? Um, it would it would make it so that they would. I, I'd lose another At bottle this of Camus. Point, though, I'm a little less confident because this yeah. is a playoff game. They win, they advance, they lose, they go home. So if <coughs> if Kawhi was in position to come back, it would be tonight, but he's not back. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I I wish he w- I wish he would come back, but yeah. that's just I just don't see that as feasible.
Well, the Clippers season could be over tonight and the Kings season could be over soon if they don't turn things around after the Vegas Golden Knights 6 to one win over the Calgary Flames last night. They are just one point away from tying the Kings in the standings. Vegas has won seven of their last nine games while the Kings have lost six of their last nine games. How confident are you that the Kings will make the playoffs with just six games left in their season? I'm not that confident. I'm just not that confident anymore in this team and I am so bummed because I was so excited for us to see Kings playoff hockey. We've not had that in a few years. Kayla who uh, joins us on Wednesdays. She has been the in-arena host for the Kings. She has not been to a Kings playoff game. They've not made the playoffs <clears throat> since she's, she's been there. So, was hoping to see that, but six games left. They are going in the opposite direction. Again, like you mentioned, Jihei, they have lost uh, what is it, you know, six of nine and just, this team is going in the wrong direction and at the worst possible times, because just six games left in the season, they can't flip it. Unfortunately, I think momentum's going in the wrong direction and not only are they sliding, it's one thing for you to slide. The worst thing is happening. Vegas is on a run now and Vegas can sense it and Vegas can smell it. Vegas will make it to the postseason. And listen, I do not want to be right, but the way that I'm looking at the Kings playing right now, not only are they losing some of these these games, they're they're getting blown out. So, um, not confident, and I, in fact, if I were to wager, I would bet that the Vegas Golden Knights make the postseason. Yeah, this isn't looking so great as you look at their games. You you would think, though, that, you know, at least half of these are no-brainers, right? The Kraken, uh, they play the Ducks as well um, at home and in Anaheim. I don't know. I, I just don't see that they play the, they play the Avalanche and got, they got whooped smoked on, man. Whooped on. Um yeah, it's, it's not looking so good. But you know what? Stranger things have happened in hockey. 100%. So. And if they just make the playoffs, I think that they could go on a run. Because they did that in 2012. People forget when they won their first cup, they got in on the last day of the season as the eighth seed. And with hockey, which is so different about that sport, if your goalie is on fire, and we'll see how you know they play if they make it to the postseason. If your goalie somehow is just unstoppable, you have a chance to make a heck of a run. But... Uh, things are are going in the wrong direction right have now they for the been, Kings. Have they been switching quick in and out? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And so that's the. I mean, but listen, I mean, quick is at the end of his career, and I mean, so many of these games where they've been smoked. I mean, I've seen quick give up six goals, and I'm like, he's Louise. I mean, one of the a guy who will be forever remembered as the reason, and one of the big reasons that, that the Kings won their uh, cups, and so. It is a special time in Los Angeles when the Kings can make it into the postseason. It is extremely loud. I will put that up there right with the uh, Shaq Kobe years when the Kings were in the Stanley Cup final. I just want to see them back in the playoffs. So uh, hopefully they reverse the slide. But man, this is a heck of a slide they are on right now. Well, today is a momentous, wonderful day, Arash. Not only is it Friday, but it is Jackie Robinson Day. And members of the Robinson family, including Jackie's wife, who I still can't believe is still kicking. I love her uh, for that. Rachel and his son, David, are scheduled to be in attendance. Tonight's Dodgers-Reds game at Dodger Stadium will air exclusively on Apple TV. What are your thoughts on the game being only um, made available on a streaming service? You know, this is the future, guys. Thursday Night Football. 
is on a streaming service. Friday Night Baseball is on a streaming service. A lot of sports that we are uh, accustomed to seeing on traditional sports TV are on streaming service. GA, I think this is more of a question for our friend, Armani Buckets, because we grew up in a time period where you needed cable or satellite to watch your favorite teams play. And having taught at USC, so I was amazed that so many of those kids were the beginning of a cord cutter generation where if a game is on channel 11 that is harder for them to find than if it's on hulu so buckets your thoughts again i mean the, the only way you can watch tonight's game is if you have a streaming service so i'm actually like you guys in terms of cable and that way of watching games but i know that a lot of my peers um when i went to school they they pretty much exclusively were using streaming services and i just I don't understand it because sometimes it feels like that really cuts into how many people can watch the game yeah. because I feel like, especially in a sport like baseball, where I would guess that the average age is probably around 40, most of those people I would feel like are either getting into streaming now or not into streaming. So I don't think that that's necessarily a great thing for for like the Dodgers, but you know, um, I feel like the Dodgers had an issue a few years ago with with trying to broadcast their games as well. So I don't know if that was. Yeah, they were exclusively on Time Warner for a very, very, very long time, um, and it was so, hard because yeah. they were not on Direct TV. That was a yeah. time when Spectrum was only on a few. You know, I mean, it was really hard for people to, to watch the games. Yeah, it was only specifically on like a, it, it's like being on the Yes Network and exactly. only watching Yankee games on the Yes Network. Like yeah. you can only you know have that available to you i mean personally for me i get it this is the way of the future and um even reality shows are only streaming on peacock versus you know um on actual bravo so i i get it i i understand that this is eventually where we're all we're all headed i still don't like it because it's like it's live television yeah it's live tv like yeah, i the get people, the streaming part but not the live tv the, stuff the, the people that we have to think about is the old school dodger yep. fan who's like wait i always watch they just got used to the fact that they have to get spectrum you know for years and years and years they could watch it them on you know channel 13 or 5 or whatnot now they have to go, they're like, what the heck? I, I got to get a Roku, Fire Stick, <laughs> right. Apple TV. Like, what the heck is that? So yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, no, I was definitely going to bring up the, the fact that, you know, you and also you have the older crowd as well. Oh, that are sure. Because baseball is not a young sport. It, I don't that, care what anybody says. Yeah. Baseball is not a young sport. There is like, you know, my seven-year-old granny out there like wanting to watch you know baseball on regular television, exactly. on Fox, on ABC, whatever. So... They're definitely not on that streaming <laughs> network. Yeah. Um, well, the $518,000 sale of the ball game used in the now unretired Tom Brady's final touchdown pass has been voided by mutual agreement. The football was sold 40 days after he first announced his retirement and less than four, 24 hours after the auction closed. How long should you wait before you buy someone's last anything? It's sports. a good question. It should be at least a year. I mean, so first of all, this guy was probably, I mean, so nervous. He had just play, paid over half a million dollars for the last touchdown that Tom Brady threw. And literally the next day, Tom Brady comes out of retirement and you know he's going to throw another 10, 15, 20 touchdowns. You got to wait at least a year, bro. I mean, the guy, the guy retired a month ago. Um, and, and, and players come back. I know he's old. I know he'll be 45 years old this upcoming season. But you 
gotta wait a little bit before you purchase his last whatever. Players this, come back. But the sad part about this is, is that when, back in the day, when you retired, you retired. You well, weren't like, hey, well, let me come back in well, a month. What about Michael Jordan or Magic Yeah, but Johnson. he didn't come back in a month. No, no, I guess so that's what I'm saying. It's like, you can come, well, that's a good point. So maybe don't even wait just a year. But I'm just saying, back in the day, if you retired, it didn't mean that like, you totally retired. You can come back. We've never seen something this crazy, though, I don't think, in terms of coming back one month later. Yeah. What, what was Brett Favre? It was, it, it was close. It was like a, at least a little bit of the offseason because he retired once the season was done. And then I remembered he tried to come back during the summer right before camp. That one, yeah. It at was, least that was a couple months. But yeah, yeah I think GA's right. I mean, listen. To, to respond to your question, I think it's, you got to wait a couple years, maybe. Maybe one, two. It's hard to come back when you're gone for multiple years. But, I mean, 30 days? I mean, you know, yeah. give it a wrap. I mean, the, the number of commemorative magazines that came out, the number of, you know, TV spe TV specials that, that uh, came out. I'm happy for this guy, though. I mean, like, if you paid over half a million dollars for Tom Brady's last touchdown ball, you should get that ball i mean but it's crazy that that was the price but like you should get that ball or at least get a certificate that whenever that touchdown does happen you will get that so at least that was voided the good thing for him is that he came back like the next day so he did not have the ability at that point to transfer the funds so he was like oh hold up before I give you $518,000, I want to make sure that this is really genuinely Tom Brady's last touchdown bomb. All right, let's leave it there for now. I saw this man last night at Dodger Stadium. We will be joined by my uh, good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Los Angeles and Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown when the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Sports Map Radio Network. Now we are joined by my good friend as we are each and every Friday on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. Michael, how are you doing? Arash, good. Do me a favor on this segment. If I am throwing <laughs> a perfect game by the end of it, do not pull me with my <laughs> I may have to do that. You're having the best segment ever. And I'm Michael. You're good. We got a long season ahead of us. Okay, you know what? Let's start there because you brought it up. I was going to talk about the game last night, but we do have to talk about that game. Clayton Kershaw, seven perfect innings. It's the first start of the season, Michael. We had a short spring training. Kershaw hasn't picked up a baseball since January. You're watching that game play out. Kershaw's pitching a gem, a perfect game, could have been only the, what is it, the 23rd or 24th time in the history of Major League Baseball, first of his career, your thoughts when you see Dave Roberts go into the mound. Yeah, we've talked about this before, you know, inevitable, that Barks the captain walked by the window, I, Dave Roberts would come out and pull him, I knew found fans would be outraged about this, I knew Clayton Kershaw would probably be somewhere towing the line of 
in his post-game comments. And you know what was interesting was, you know, nobody thinks a couple things. First and foremost, I spoke to his catcher that game, his personal catcher, as people like to him, Austin Barnes. I spoke to Austin Barnes uh, on Thursday night after the Dodgers' home opener, and he was so dis- to get to catch a perfect game. He understood it was the right decision, just as Clayton Kershaw's been saying it's the right just as most people who understand baseball and the, the circumstances you mentioned, uh, because of the lockout, you can pick January, because six months ago he had shoulder and, and bicep problems and, and had to miss the postseason entirely, uh, because he had owned pitches in a sim game, let alone a real game, uh, most people knew, especially at his age, uh, and the fact that he came back to win a world wasn't going to finish that game. But, I mean, perfect game through seven in. 80 pitches, that's like the perfect rose uh, at the Rose Garden outside of the Coliseum that you and I have walked by, Arash. Yeah. It was warm, it smelled fragrant, it was absolutely efficient and beautiful, uh, and the argument is he could have gone back out there and gone hitter to hitter and seen what happened, but of course if you know he's not going to go pitches, if you're not going to let him go that long, then you make that decision when Dave Roberts did, and that was the right time, in my opinion. The Dodgers put up so many runs to put that game out of reach. Things I want to say, though. One is we should not normalize as, as fans uh, pitchers being pulled when they're in the middle of potential greatness. Yeah. Uh, it happened in the games of the season with the Padres, which had a no-hitter through six innings, I believe. Sean Manaya, their new acquisition from the A's, had a no-hitter in the second game of the season, and we they, they got pulled, and we're now starting to normalize uh, in baseball getting pulled when you have perfection in history and uh, some sort of milestone like this on the line, I don't think we should get used to normalizing it, but I think it's, each situation is unique. Take that into consideration. And the last thing I'll say, Arash, people forget this, fans forget this. September 15th last year, Max Scherzer, one of the Dodgers' newest trade acquisitions at had a perfect game going, had a no-hitter with one out in inning. Uh, he was at 92 pitches. Dave Roberts let him keep going in that situation. And we all wanted to yeah. see Max Scherzer keep going. And I'm sure Max Scherzer has for Dave Roberts about if you take me out of this game. But obviously, he gives up that double to Eric Hosmer to end the, the, the no-hitter. He comes out of the game. wasn't available in the postseason. And we can't in the postseason, especially in that NLCS after he had arm fatigue. He wasn't available for uh, with the Dodgers' season on the line when he should have been. So... We don't know what happens down the road, but as Clayton Kershaw pointed out, sometimes those decisions have consequences down the line, so you have to play it with caution for all the reasons you, you mentioned. Talk about Clayton Kershaw, just his demeanor. It seemed like a different Kershaw. I mean, we know how, how competitive and how aggressive and in the zone Kershaw is. I mean, I saw him smiling in the dugout. I saw him very understanding post-game to the situation. It does seem like, again, we're only a few games into the season, but sometimes players have this clarity when they're, when they're like at the twilight of their career. This could be his last season. Do you sense a different Clayton Kershaw? No, to be honest, not so much yet. Um, I... A different Clayton Kershaw in the sense that he's older, he's wiser, he's a four. Uh, I don't know entirely. It seems like he just had more time to reflect. He doesn't take his losses as harsh as he used to. Guy who's still, you know, he, he demands perfection and success from him. 
And so the reason why he was all smiles and happy, and this has kind of always been the case, when he's pitching well, he is happy. He is, you know, in his post-game comments, more gracious. And when he goes out there and gets shelled, he tends to wear his heart on his sleeve sometimes. And he's not great in his post-game comments after a loss or after he gets beat up and things aren't working. And he does take personal responsibility and accountability when those things happen. Uh, but uh, that Kershaw been 25 years old in the prime of his career uh, and Dave Roberts, and he was built up, even if he had maybe one more start ahead of that game, and he, the game was 80 pitches into the eighth inning, uh, and Dave Roberts pulls him, really upset by that. that. You would have seen the cameras catching him very angry and having words with Dave Roberts. So I think the time of them and the age of maturity and the growth he's come through the course of his career, and let's be honest with him, you know, that perfect game, he was 95, 96 mile per hour gas with his fastball. He's mixing up a slider that was, was breaking deep in the count, uh, especially on those right-handed hitters. It was looking great. His curveball, which people thought was his best pitch 10 years ago, uh, was his third best pitch in that game on Wednesday. And he was thrown in this changeup, his new pitch, which is going to be interesting to see how he uses that. So this is an example of how uh, uh, he's changed with time and with wisdom over the years. He can't just rear back and throw nine as a different pitcher. But his demeanor, to your mention, no, I don't think so as much. I still think we're going to see throughout the season he's happy after wins and very upset and doesn't want to talk after loss. So uh, the game last night, uh, the uh, first game at Dodger Stadium of the season, um, the, you know, the very cool moment where for Freddie Freeman gets the Freddie chant. The Dodgers uh, come up big in the bottom of the eighth with six runs. Uh, your thoughts on the game last night? Again, Freeman talked about how, surreal that moment was uh your just thoughts on the game yeah rosh you know one of the best parts about being in los angeles when the winter finally gives way to spring uh and we go through those gates at dodger stadium and can smell dodger dogs hit the grill and uh the smell of fresh cut grass and the jackie robinson jerseys around the stadium that i know you saw that that's when we know baseball is back and each and every year we get to see a little bit of new faces at Dodger Stadium, right? Especially for Dodgers opening day. And that's always exciting. We get to see all the old familiar faces, like we mentioned, with Kershaw and Justin Turner and Walker Bueller, who started. But it was the new guys making their Dodgers opening day debut at Dodger Stadium. Trey Turner uh, had a couple hits and an RBI and scored two runs. And then Freddie Freeman, the hometown kid, as you mentioned, uh, that Dodgers fans saw beat his their team time after time with the Braves over the years, including in the NLCS last season, uh, to get to see him in a Dodgers uniform, to get to see his family, his father, his grandfather. Uh, he didn't even know how many ticket requests he had for the game. That was how many he had. He said his wife had to take care of all of it because there were so many. So he couldn't even pinpoint a number, 20, 30, 40, 50 more that were in that stadium watching him. But I'll tell you, uh, in that eighth inning when he hit that leadoff double and uh, the Reds made a pitching change, and the entirety of the 52,995 fans slowly rose to their feet and began to chant, Freddy, Freddy. Now, Arash, I know you've had your name chanted like that by, by <laughs> massive crowds before, but I myself have not. And even Freddy admitted after the game he has not after only hitting a double. But he said he got chills. Cody Bellinger said he got chills. Dave Roberts said he got chills. I almost got chills watching it live uh, and take off his helmet and tip his cap and wave to the fans after getting a standing ovation like that, I just thought was amazing. Uh, and just a, an example of Dodger fans and how 
savvy baseball they are and how loyal and happy they are when guys come home and, you know, choose the Dodgers in free agency. That's why guys like to come here. Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, you walked around the park pregame. There's some new activations. Um, the press room was slightly remodeled. It looks a little different. Uh, not that the fans care about that. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the stadium? Again, I mean, the big change was um, a couple of years ago, you know, right before the pandemic and the outfield. But what were your thoughts on anything new around the, the park? Well, new things, obviously, you mentioned the press box, which got bigger, cleaner, uh, women's restroom, which has four stalls for them compared to the, the one they had previously. So I think those are all great things. Uh, as I walked around the park, the biggest change to me was inflation has now reached Chavez Ravine. <laughs> around, uh, the price of Dodger dogs, of garlic fries, uh, of, of teriyaki bowls, of tacos and coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and even California Pizza Kitchen pizza all gone up. Sometimes wow. as much as 40%. So, you know, we're paying for that Trevor Bauer yeah, salary. Exactly. <laughs> and we're paying for that Freddie Freeman salary that, that given that six-year deal by the Dodgers. We're paying for the lost revenue in 2020 as far as things like that. So fans, beware. Uh, prices have risen again. I'm sure that means ticket prices have risen. And they're trying to squeeze every last dollar and dime from the stadium that they can, you know. Uh, I went over to the stadium club, Ross. I'm not sure if you were able to do that uh, this time. On and remember the the seats that you could see uh, kind of on the ledge, oh, yeah. right there by the by the right field foul pole, so you could kind of watch the you were enjoying a, a drink or having your buffet dinner. Those seats are now for sale uh-huh. as boxes, minimum box of twelve. You can rent out the entirety of that whole section if you have a group of eighty or more the stadium club to have dinner you are no longer allowed access to that area wow. to sit anymore that is now your game that you have to buy separately and they're very expensive so they're trying to monetize as much as they that's the, one of the most things that stood out to me as i walked around the stadium but out there in the center field plaza if you haven't been to dodger stadium this season yet go check it out built the 75th anniversary of jackie robinson breaking the color barrier in baseball arash and you know, it's even more poignant with, you know, with the loss of Chadwick Boseman a couple of years ago yeah. who played Jackie Robinson in a movie and was a big Dodgers fan and came out to game. So out in the Centerfield Plaza, they have a almost like a little museum. Uh, it's kind of like a pop. And it is dedicated to the Negro Leagues, and they call it Breaking Barriers. It's dedicated to not just Jackie Robinson who broke the color barrier, but the players that came from the Negro Leagues after him who broke the color barrier on other organizations as well, like uh, the former Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, the Washington Nationals, uh, the San Francisco Giants, teams that, that also brought black players from the Negro League, also breaking those barriers. So I recommend go out there and check out that exhibit. It's going to be there until the All-Star Game for the middle of July. So go check that out. It's also pictures and video on my Instagram. Nice. Uh... Michael, tonight's game, it is Jackie Robinson Day. Jackie's wife will be there. Jackie's son will be there. Very emotional uh, night. Um, it is on a streaming service, on Apple TV. This does seem to maybe be the trend in professional sports. What are your thoughts on that? And have you heard any blowback from fans saying, hey, listen, I just got used to watching them on Spectrum Sportsnet. Now I got to get this service. What the heck is going on? Absolutely. There's blowback by fans. 
opinion. I'm I'm also assuming that there's a lot of older fans that are yeah. just as frustrated by this as well. And one of the biggest reasons for that, you know, is is they don't know how to how to stream certain things. I know my parents. I don't know about your parents, Rock, but my parents they certainly uh, don't know how to stream no. uh, things right now as easily and readily. And for the younger people, though, I think what, where the game is headed, as you mentioned. Uh, obviously, the NFL now has a deal with Amazon Prime and went out and got Kirk Herbstreet and, and put some money into that. But I will say this, Arash, last Friday, the Apple TV debuted their Friday night game of the week, and I believe it was Nationals-Mets and Scherzer was pitching, and it was no. uh, a little bit of rain in that game back and forth. I watched it on Apple TV. I thought they did a great job with that broadcast. Uh, some new things we haven't seen before, like hit probabilities, uh, RBI probabilities while they're at the plate, a uh, little more new age analytics going on uh, for some of the fans. I thought the way they set, the way they televise it and broadcast it was actually kind of cool. Um, and so that's something that I'm actually excited about too. And it, it puts more eyes on the game, more younger eyes. And this goes back to our conversation about Clayton Kershaw, his perfect game. You have to feel bad there. Who, who did try, there were a lot of fans Dodgers traveled to Minnesota for that series just because it was some, a stadium they wanted to check off their list. And for those fans that didn't get to watch a perfect game live, you feel bad for them, especially when after this lockout, the game is trying to ingratiate itself with fans again and get them back in the seat. So from that aspect of it, I think it is going to bring new eyes to baseball that are streaming stuff, that are watching Apple TV. Watch Magic Johnson's four-part yeah. documentary right after, right? So I think it's good for the game. I think it's going to help the game. I think it gets different servicing uh, on it. But, yeah, you're talking about a team who couldn't watch the Dodgers for a long time, and now the Jackies say they have to have Apple TV Plus uh, to be able to watch it. But I encourage people to do it because I really like the way that Apple TV did the broadcast. Uh, Michael, you, you cover all the uh, popular teams in Los Angeles, the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Rams. The Rams won the Super Bowl. The uh, Dodgers are the favorites this year to win the World Series. The Lakers coming into this season – were the favorites as well, and we know how that all played out. To put, a, to put a bow on the Lakers season, you covered their last availability with the media. Just your, your, your thoughts on that availability, how the season played out, and what this team has to do to once again be championship contenders next season. Great question, Arash, and you know, just speaking on the Rams real quick, we're going to have this Lombardi Trophy tour you and I That's right. 2,000 miles from Southern California all the way to Mexico. Uh, so whether you're, you know, in Ventura County, in Santa Barbara, in Orange County, or down in San Diego, and you're a fan of the Rams, you'll get to see the Lombardi Trophy on tour here soon. But, gosh, this this Lakers team, you know, we were talking about this. The This is airing Friday, and the Clippers are playing the Pelicans for the right for that number eight seed. This was supposed to be the Lakers, remember? We Damn. were hoping that they would get it together enough to get into that play-in game and be playing the Clippers in this game, which I think would be great for television ratings, great for Los Angeles, and then, of course, either team would probably go get their butt swept by the sun. But <laughs> this is what we wanted to see, and the Lakers disappointed us. And one thing I took away from exit interviews that you talked about uh, Tuesday was poor Russell Westbrook <laughs> now saying that he was the victim in the Thing, that he didn't get a fair chance uh, to miss as many shots as he did, to bank as many jump shots off the back of the rim or the backboard uh, as he did. And he was mistreated by the fans. 
And he was picked on by Frank Vogel, and he had no clue why Frank Vogel had an issue with him and why they didn't connect. And uh, he's the first head coach he's ever butted heads with and, and not gotten along with. There's reports that he butted heads with David Fisdale uh, in a video session reviewing tape uh, of his game and some of the ill-advised shots and turnovers he was making. When you talk to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they took accountability for what wrong. Russell, uh, LeBron James accountability for players not meshing well. Anthony Davis took accountability for being unavailable and being hurt and missing large stints of time. And Westbrook blamed everybody he could, not including himself. And one of the biggest things I took away was when Russell Westbrook was asked, was this a disappointing season by his standards? He said his standards are all that matter. <laughs> and that he averaged a triple-double last season with Washington. So if he didn't average a triple-double this year, then this season will be a disappointment by his standards. And that's just everything you know about Russell Westbrook. He wasn't the team the way these other players were talking about this in the extra interviews. It was about him. And I think we saw that throughout the season. And even though Russell Westbrook tried to say he was the one who had to sacrifice more than anything on the court in his game, uh, it didn't really seem like that's what he was doing and that he acquiesced to the, the superstars around him in LeBron and AD, even when they were on the court together for those limited 20. So uh, my takeaway from that was blaming him, not blaming everybody but himself, not taking any responsibility, and making himself the victim in this story of the Lakers' disappointing season. And that's frustrating me, and what the Lakers are going to do with him, I'm not sure. They have a few options. But I think you got to move on from him this offseason. Uh, Michael, last one, last one for you. What was it like to be back in the clubhouse? It, it does things uh, seem like things are getting back to normal. Clubhouses are open. The National Football League says locker rooms will be open. I'm assuming next season the the um, NBA hockey will follow suit. What was it like last night? Last sixty seconds for you, my friend. What was it like to be back in the clubhouse? Yeah, Raj, I didn't know what to do with my. It was, <laughs> it was almost like a kid the first day of school. I was like, where do I go when the game ends? I don't stay in my seat and go on a Zoom. I actually have to grab my microphone and go back into the locker room. Uh, as we talked about, this was the reason why we cover sports, to have access to these players, to build friendships, to build relationships. And we do that by to them and being in the locker room with them and, and knowing them um, in their times of victory and exultation and also in defeat. Uh, so that is how we build these relationships. And I'm so glad we're back in there. The NBA, of course, didn't allow us locker room access this year. And a lot of fans pointed that out to me on social media, that they're surprised that the MLB allowed us back in. But of course we did. We still have to wear masks. So there's a little non-normalcy to it. But I am so glad to be back in the uh, and get to talk to these guys again. I don't think they are, though, especially... Garage, thank you for letting me throw this. Of course, game. you are the best, Michael. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.